0: Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Kukra.
1: El señor Johnny Jewell conecta con nosotros desde Amsterdam. Johnny, how are you doing this morning?
2: I'm doing great, how are you guys? Good.
1: good good it's uh, it's such a, a it's such a nice image to like connect with you a friend of ours Izaro went to see your gig in Dabadaba in San Sebastian she said it was amazing uh, we're, us here in Barcelona are going to get a chance to see your new show live here this weekend at the Mira Festival the audiovisual festival tell us a little bit about this uh, this this special Johnny Jewel show what's it all about
2: it's really centered around film, and uh, it's a mix of films I've worked on uh, that I personally scored, you know, things, uh, different pieces from Drive, Twin Peaks, Lost River, Holly Bronson, uh, and that is all mixed in with this kaleidoscope of Carousel of Fantasy film as well, Uh, video art and uh, collage from various things from 70s and 80s, like uh, really B-grade zombie and giallo films. Uh, Lots of gore, lots of atmospheric nocturnal themes mixed with uh, improvised electronics. Yeah. And some some tracks are known, some tracks are uh, unreleased, and uh, every night it's been different. San Sebastian was the first one uh, on this trip, so uh, it's... From night to night, it changes quite a bit.
1: And I imagine the did you did you get to perform on Halloween? Uh,
2: honestly, I'm not sure what day is what. <laughs> as, I, as I as I told you uh, when we first connected, that uh, I was in Berlin last night and still have not slept. So uh, everything kind of feels like Halloween, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, but it's not—it's not as obvious because it's it's less popular in in Europe than it is in the states. In the in the states, it's unmistakable. But the the show is very much there's witches and candles and goblins and you know all this stuff. But that for me, that's all year round. You know.
0: I think you called it a kaleidoscopic a kaleidoscopic explosion of gore and violence, which sounds uh, pretty pretty brilliant to me.
2: Yeah, that's that's the best way I could think of to try to describe it because it's uh, it's, it's much different than when I'm doing like a dance set or uh, if I'm DJing or when I'm playing with one of the pop bands. Uh, it, it's a completely different thing. It's it's more like entering a hall of mirrors at, in a fun house or like a carnival uh, or, or riding a roller coaster. Like it starts off there's like peaks and valleys and twists and turns and things pop out at you. Uh, it's much different than than how I would build a normal festival set.
0: I was interested to see, and sorry if this is a stupid question, but you played at uh, the cemetery in Hollywood. Um, is that an actual cemetery?
2: Yes, that's the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Like members of the Ramones are buried there, movie stars from the silent film era. Wow. Um, it's it's really amazing, and uh, it's, a, it's a legendary location in Los Angeles. That was the first, that was the test drive for this show, was was there, and uh, it was, the first premiere uh, performance was at South Bank Center uh, for Meltdown Festival, Christine and the Queens curating, uh, and the Hollywood show was the test to see if, all the components were working, and then I had a week between before I flew to London, so in case I needed to fix anything.
0: But do they have many shows there? Like, it seems yeah,
2: to- yeah, wow. they have. They have shows. They have. They have. There's two types of places. There's a there's a Masonic Temple Lodge inside the cemetery that you can play, which is more intimate, and then they also you can play on the actual, uh, essentially like graves and they they show films uh they project films on a large wall and uh you know you're you're on you're in the cemetery on the grounds next to all the graves it's it's really amazing
1: it's because cemeteries are such great places to hang out, really. Like, there's, you know, they're so peaceful. You can relax and obviously pay homage to those who have departed. Um, is it easy for you? Do you enjoy getting into that vibe when you're making music in the studio, all this soundtrack work that you've made for uh, horror movies or genre movies where, you know, the amb- atmosphere has to get tense? Do you enjoy that as a kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, like a release?
2: That's just where my mind lives, like, all the time, you know, uh, not necessarily horror, but in, in this sort of thing that lends itself to horror, which is, you know, uh, negative space and stillness, anticipation, build up, all, all these things that are just sort of stirring. Uh, because one of the keys of film score is uh, you, you want to be able to suspend time and, and kind of have, have movement without a destination. That way the, the film itself can be the journey and the, the linear thing. So you need to just be able to, it's like a magic trick, like a, it's like an illusion. So I, I love making music like this that is a linear, non-cyclical, um, just celebrations of tone and texture. And, and that's, that's my favorite thing to do, and that just happens to work really well with film, especially things in the thriller and horror genre.
0: One thing I find very interesting uh, about film composing work, uh, and I was reading an interview with you, you were talking about um, when you were working on music for Twin Peaks, you basically told David Lynch he could do whatever he liked with your music. Uh, is, it, is it hard for you to sort of let go of your music in that way and just like let someone else have the final say
2: not at all not not when it comes to film because it's it's such an honor working with these great directors and it's the best way i can compare it or explain it to a musician is it's their album it's not your album you know so you're coming in almost more like a session player or like a soloist um and that's really how you how you need to look at it which is why a lot of times when um, indie musicians or people that have a very rich musical catalog, they, they struggle when they enter the film arena because it's such a different experience. Um, but I, I find it uh, really stimulating and it's, I'm always the producer, so it's, it's nice to have somebody else driving for a change, you know, and I'm obviously bringing things to the table, but having uh, someone else make those final decisions is a, is a really interesting challenge.
1: Speaking of driving, uh, you're one of the directors you've closely collaborated with most is uh, Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, did you anticipate that the drive phenomenon was going to be as big as it was and still is? That it's got this incredible cult following and the soundtrack was almost the, one of the most important things in solidifying its place in, in, in pop culture. Did that catch you off guard?
2: Well, I knew it was great when we were working on it, but uh, you never expect, in the underground, you never expect great things to bubble up into the mainstream. And I don't think uh, anybody was prepared for that. Uh, We were all surprised by uh, how people were able to connect with it. And, you know, uh, Bronson was uh, a couple of years before, and it made a, a very, very tiny splash in the States. And uh, I had every reason to believe it was going to be a similar thing, a great film, a cult classic to be, you know, but uh, wasn't really going to connect with people. Um, But, you know, it's what's interesting about the soundtrack. Everybody always talks about how important the soundtrack is and how great it is. Soundtrack came out about a month and a half before the film and did absolutely nothing. No one even noticed. And then the film came out and then it's on the top 40. It came out around the same time as Jay Z and Kanye watched the throne. And we were on top of, we were like always neck and neck, but Like they were, they were number five. We were number four on the top 40 charts in the States, which is absolutely crazy for a soundtrack because, uh, even though people love the idea of film music and all this stuff, it's very rare that they actually want to listen to film music outside of the film. So no no one was ready for for what it became and uh, all of the things that it ushered in, you know it changed the way that Hollywood w- was willing to accept electronic music or experimental score or something very minimal. Um, it really it was a real major turn of the like turning of a page.
0: Um, and your latest soundtrack uh, is the score for Holly. Um, which I haven't haven't seen. Um, I don't know. Is it out in Spain yet? Do you know? I
1: don't. Th- uh, with the whole streaming platform yeah, thing, I'm I'm always confused as to when things are available. Uh,
2: but we did- well, it's coming out in uh, Belgium on November 22nd in cinemas nationwide, and for streaming that will follow right after. There's been some premiere screenings of it. Like we uh, we premiered in Venice, and uh, the 50th. We opened the 50th film festival Um, and there's been there's starting this week they started doing like advanced screenings in Belgium but for Spain I think it's going to be streaming first uh, after the theatrical release. What can you tell us
0: about the film and about your soundtrack to it?
2: Well this film it's the second film I do with Vintro who's the director. Um, We did a movie in 2016 and That movie was quite different from this one as it was, it was shot to feel like a documentary. And uh, with that, you know, everything, but it was in the academy ratio, four, three, more like a box, like less than widescreen. And uh, it involved a a lot of teenagers outside of Brussels. And they essentially armed the the kids with, cell phones like 20 or 30 cell phones so the movie cut intercuts between like documentary style footage where if one person's talking the cameras there and then somebody else starts talking the camera moves over there as opposed to multi-camera cuts like you see in film like storytelling for films it was very it was very raw and handheld in this way and that's intercut with all of the uh the cell phone footage yeah Uh, and they didn't uh, a lot of the cell phone stuff is improvised they they weren't It's like the kids would go off and just do stuff and then the editor later put it together so that that film was very experimental and because of the nature of the realism that we needed the musical score had to be a a bit more abstract and ambient Uh, with holly the new film that we did it is more traditionally a film and for that reason i was able to really introduce recurring motifs which if you're doing a documentary that's supposed to feel real, and the music is more like sound design, it would be a distraction that, uh, that you're that you're not watching something real. If you're hearing a motif come in or a character theme, you understand. Yeah. So, so for Holly, we got to do that, which was really cool. And and uh, in, in this case, the main character is a 15 year old girl, and she is the audience. We we never really know, but there's these these supernatural. Overtones to where she's clairvoyant or she can heal. Um, there's no special effects or anything, so there's nothing like Marvel movie on screen or anything. So the the all of the eeriness and the and the paranormal kind of comes in from the music, which is great for a composer.
1: Wow!
0: And there's a cover of um, the Power of Love on it as well. How did Frankie, that? Good yeah, Frankie yeah, to yeah it's really good. How did that come about?
2: That was the the director's idea and I actually didn't know the song. Uh, being an American growing up in Texas in the 80s, I knew uh, Two Tribes, I knew Relax, obviously those were on MTV, um, but for some reason I was unfamiliar with the song and uh, she had the idea to close the film with this. And when I first saw the rough cut of the film, um, the entire film was temporarily scored with music of mine that they had from the previous working on previous projects. So they had about 27 hours of music of mine um, just in their library. And they, they just sort of place it here and there to try to get the right tone, you know, to illustrate to me kind of what they were looking for. And then um, I would take it from there. The exception is Holly uh, ends with the, the Frankie goes to Hollywood song. And it's such a, like crazy tonal shift for for after hearing all this other style of music to hear this like really baroque ballad, um, and she didn't warn me about it or anything. She was just like after I after I discussed with her, she's like, "What did you think of the ending song?" You know, and I was like, "Well, it's, it's disorienting. You know, it's um, it's really shocking, but it's cool also. You know, um, I I like it." And and then she asked well since you know since you like it how about doing a version of it you know and then i really had to think about that because um it's a it's a torchy song where holly uh, by coincidence the singer's name is holly as well uh he really belts belts out the song in this in this really over the top way and the, there's a lot of brass and timpanis in, in the symphony and it's, it's there's a lot of mid range and all all this stuff. And the whole score is very there's a lot of low end and there's a lot of like really high end like metallics, like bells and things like this. So trying to find where that song fit in because the director wanted it to fit in more with the whole score, like the the voices that were used for the score. And then she wanted uh she wanted it to be a female singer, so she asked Desire to do it. So we worked, we worked on it. It was the hardest track on the album to do.
0: It's a beautiful version, though. It's a really beautiful version. That, that actually made me th- made me think of something, because that's, um, uh, certainly in the UK, that's an incredibly, incredibly well-known song. Um, and that made me think, I know with Chromatics, you um, remixed uh, The Weeknd's Blinding Lights, which is not just an incredibly well-known song, I think, objectively, one of the most streamed songs in the history of, well, of music. <laughs> and I, I'm just wondering how on earth you can remix something that is that big and, and well-known? Like, is it not just, I mean, it's a bit like remixing, I don't know, Louie Louie or something like that.
2: How do you- yeah. Well, the first step is um, when Abel reached out to me, I, I was just like, I just want the acapella, you know? So I had no other music. And then um, from the acapella, I just built from scratch, like with, so the the main key was i didn't want to listen to the original too much and uh in fact when i was working on the remix, the only time i listened to the original was to figure out the bpm and then i sliced it in half uh, because it's such a such a fast track um, and so that as soon as i sliced the tempo in half then it, it completely changed the all the it led all the other decisions in terms of how fast the chords would move, and and things like this, you know. So it was. It, if I'm going to remix a track, I I always only use the acapella.
1: Is is it was it flattering to realize that what The Weekend and uh, Daniel Lopatin went for on 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 the album Blinding Lights is from uh, Starb? Not Star. I get confused. Is it Blinding Blinding Lights? The album. Uh, no. Well, the whole album, the mood board was Johnny Jewel, basically. Like, oh, they they went for your, they basically took everything from chromatics, from desire, from, from glass candy and from your, from film score work, I think. And they had, they must've had it pasted on the, this is me uh, speculating, but I do know that he, I think I do seem to remember that they have gone on record as saying that you've been a massive influence on this period of time when The weekend has become arguably one of the biggest pop stars in the world, filling stadiums. Was it, was, is it flattering? Is, is it like, do you like, oh, okay. Do you recognize that that you've had an influence?
2: It's amazing. And Abel's a music lover. And he's like, he's a lot like Bowie in this way of, he's just looking at all these different things in the underground. And he's saying, I like this, I like this, I like this. And he's making his own language out of it. And uh, it's, it's really exciting and he's an amazing vocalist. And I think he first mentioned my work and Bill Withers as being influences in like a billboard interview eight years ago or something like that. And that was the first time that I realized like, oh, he, we're on his radar. We actually played his, uh, we played the same stage as him, Primavera in 2012. That was his first show out of the country, out of Canada.
1: That's true. I I'm yes I remember, a, that, yes, I remember a, that gig.
2: Yeah, so we shared the stage. We we were we played back to back. And uh his power cut off. Do you remember that?
1: Yes. Yes. He was like he was uh, his he had all these technical issues. He wasn't cheap because he came from Coachella from like that uh, surprising, like massive crowd when he'd only had, he'd only released the three mixtapes. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, this guy's blown up. Like, uh, and all of a sudden his agent was like, yeah, you want the weekend? <laughs> You're going to have to fork it out. And, and all of a sudden there were all these like technical issues and stuff. And yeah, there was a sense of like, whoa, well, yeah, it was an interesting situation.
2: Well, first, yeah, first time in Europe and it, um, you know, every night I have issues with electricity. Uh, like I have all this uh, American gear, um, and the date, you know, it goes all the way back to the 60s and 70s. So it's the power surging and stuff. You know, and they had uh, they had these lights on stage, and I think everything was blowing fuses because the gear was plugged into the same as as like these strobes. Uh, but it was still, uh, you know amazing show and it makes for high drama when the power goes out or the rain comes you know
1: yeah yeah i remember you guys ended with warm in the winter
2: yeah glass candy
1: yeah yeah it was a super uh, uh, one of the yeah. few memories i have of uh, old primavera sound editions wow. you've played our festival so do many remember, times
2: hmm? do you remember that ida was on crutches
1: yes she was was she
2: was yeah, she sat all-
1: on a stool or was she standing? Yeah,
2: she kneeled on a stool and she had crutches because she'd gotten in a right before we left for tour she decided to uh join roller derby. Do you know what that is? Yes, yeah. It's like really aggressive roller skating where you knock each other down. It's like it's like it's like rugby on roller skates in a circle like in a ring.
1: Yeah, Drew Barrymore made a movie about it, didn't she?
2: Right. Yeah, so she decided to do this right before tour and got her name messed up really bad. And then uh, we, we ended up, we had to c- cancel the first three shows before Primavera. Uh, but then we went ahead and did it, and she she came out on crutches. That was amazing. That was an amazing show.
1: It was. It was. But you've, you've played Primavera so many times, uh, either with Chromatics or Glass Candy, or I'm sure Desire must have had an appearance sometime. Desire,
2: we were slotted. Uh, Pablo's going to have Desire play in. Uh, this infamous year of 2020, ah. you know, and then uh, everything, you know, the world. Everybody knows the story. What happened, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're hoping, we're hoping to next year.
1: That's wood. Uh,
0: I've got a really, I've got a sort of vaguely stupid question, but it's one I really, really want to ask. Um, I quote: "You said art is not a hobby; it's a necessity. I have an unquenchable thirst for sound and tone." And I, I was wondering, what is your favorite sound? I know it sounds a bit stupid, but it's kind of something I generally find quite interesting.
2: Mm. I really, well, I mean, this is going to sound maybe pretentious, but silence is my favorite. Um, and uh, the thing that is special about working in audio is is piercing the silence and and doing so with intention and. Uh, and meaning you know and, and as a way of communicating um so my days are primarily filled with silence and then it's why i live in the desert it's really there's there's nothing you know uh, maybe a lizard will go by or something but like it's very very isolating and um sonically just serene but i think to be more specific in, in terms of what you're actually asking i love bass you know but bass frequency is probably my favorite and specifically like synthesized bass is i never get sick of hearing it Do you? Second, have, it would be bells i love bells
0: do you have a secret sort of love for industrial dubstep and the kind of weird bass things they do
2: well i'm not very well educated on it but uh I do love really aggressive music and um, I'm a huge fan of all genres of electronic. And uh, you know, from an outside perspective, I I'm always fascinated by everything that everyone's doing, you know, and like big, big room EDM stuff. That's really aggressive in the low end as well. Um, I have no idea exactly how they're creating. It's different from how I work, but uh, I find it really fascinating and, exciting
0: to hear it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today thank you so much for taking the time particularly uh this early early hour and particularly not not having slept um but you'll be at mira it's friday night
1: this friday after james holden straight after uh, yeah. ten, uh, ten, uh, nine and a quarter to nine, I think. Quarter to nine.
0: I, I had it up here and then I, I, I closed uh,
1: that window. Hang on. That was stupid. Yeah, I've got it here. I've got it here. Tw- no, yeah. Uh, five to nine. Five to nine. 2055. All right. I'll be there. Beautiful slot. Uh, we will we'll be there. In, in a
0: rare excursion for both of us. Yes. We'll be there. Come say hi. Sure.
1: We, we will. Hopefully, if we can get some access. <laughs> you take care, uh, Johnny. Thank you Have so a great much. gig tonight in Amsterdam. We'll um, and see you this Friday.
2: All right. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye.
0: Radio Primavera Sound. Proudly presented by Kupra.